Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Yeah, good evening and welcome to the Big Red Bench. It's Colm O'Sullivan with you until 7 o'clock this evening on one of the busiest weekends of sport we have had in a long, long time. There is so much going on. We'll be looking ahead to the big clash between Cork and Limerick in the Munster Hurling Championship semi-final this evening. We'll cross live to Semple Stadium in just a few minutes' time and get the latest from there. We'll also hear from Shane Kingston and Patrick Horgan from the Cork camp ahead of that game as well. We'll reflect on... On Cork City's 3-2 defeat to Treaty United and Turner's Cross last night. We'll hear from manager Colin Healy. We're looking ahead to the Euros and we're going to see his football coming home with Ronnie Whelan. Big clash between England and Ukraine tonight. We'll keep an eye on how the Lions are getting on in the rugby as well and we have plenty more to come here on the Big Red Bench between now and 7. Yeah, good evening and welcome to the show. Busy, busy weekend of sport. My God, so much stuff going on. There's the Irish Open, the golf going on too. The Lions are currently in action. Uh, we have reaction from Cork City. We're looking ahead to the uh, Cork and Limerick game, as I said. And uh, the Euros are ongoing as well. And I've just been watching the first half of the Czech Republic and Denmark game. And uh, some nice goals from Denmark. And they lead 2-0 at half time. So it's looking like if England do beat Ukraine later on tonight, they'll go on to face Denmark in the semi-final at Wembley because it is currently as we said at half time now um, in Copenhagen it is Czech Republic nil Denmark two so it was uh, Thomas Delaney getting the first goal there after five minutes and then Kasper Dahlberg getting the second goal on 42 minutes for Denmark so it looks like Denmark are going to cruise into um, the semi-finals at Euro 2020 unless there is an inspired, dramatic comeback from uh, Czech Republic. Maybe Patrick Schick, who is one of the top scorers in the competition, will get a few goals for them in the second half. We'll keep an eye on that. And as he said, we will preview the uh, the big England and Ukraine game later on this evening um, with Ronnie Whelan later on in the show as well. He's going to be joining us to look ahead to that and we'll see if football's coming home or not. Uh, right, loads going on today. Let's uh, round up some of the day's sport. Uh, we'll try and get through as much as we can right now. We'll start with uh, Gaelic Games and as we said, Cork in action later on All-Ireland Champions Limerick are the opponents the game is in Semple Stadium and throw in just under an hour's time now at 7 o'clock there so we'll go live to Valerie at Semple Stadium in just a few minutes but first let's round up everything else uh, Dublin beat Galway by four points in their Leinster Senior Hurling Championship semi-final at Croke Park this afternoon to provide the first shock of the tournament uh, 118 to 114 was the final score there um, and Dublin will be very very happy with that result they'll face the winner of today's other last four clash at uh, Croke Park between Wexford and Kilkenny and we'll just get you a latest score from that game there now um, 71 minutes on the clock there uh, it's into additional time there in fact and it is Kilkenny with a narrow lead over Wexford 127 to 125 the final score there so we'll get you the full time on that and uh, yeah 127 to 125 in just a little while um, elsewhere then today Monaghan beaten for Mana 121 to 14 points at Clonus in their Ulster Senior Football Championship quarter final in football as we said it is the Euros uh, later on it is of course England and Ukraine and currently Denmark leading Czech Republic 2-0 here at home Sligo Rovers they have the chance to move to the top of the SS 
SSE Airtricity League Premier Division this evening. They'd go joint top uh, with Shamrock Rovers, but they'd actually uh, leapfrog Shamrock Rovers on goal difference if they beat Longford, and you would expect them to beat Longford, who are bottom of the league table. That's a half-seven kickoff at the showgrounds up in Sligo. Um, in rugby, the British and Irish Lions currently playing their first warm-up game on South African soil this evening. Warren Gatland's side leading the Sigma Lions 21 points to 7 at half-time in Johannesburg. It's a, it's a battle of the Lions. The Lions versus the Lions um, in the rugby this evening and uh, we will chat more about the Lions uh, on the show tomorrow as well. We'll keep you up to date across the show. Uh, the Irish rugby team were in action earlier on today. Ireland beating Japan 39 points to 31 in their opening summer series match at the Aviva Stadium this afternoon. In golf, Cormac Sharvin carted a third round of 69 to move 7 under par at the Dubai Duty Free Irish Open today. That's all up in the lovely surroundings of Mount Juliet up in County Kilkenny and that leaves the Ulster Band best of the Irish but he is 8 shots behind leader Lucas Herbert of Australia. Rory McIlroy for his part he's 4 under par after his third round at Mount Juliet while Shane Lowry is a shot further back on 3 under. Graham McDowell meanwhile is 5 under par and in tennis finally for now 20 time Grand Slam champion Roger Federer he leads Britain's Cameron Norrie two sets to one in their third round encounter at Wimbledon currently right now we are going to cross live to Semple Stadium and uh, Valerie is there ahead of the throw in um, for Cork and Limerick in about 55 minutes time at 7pm let's go live to Valerie um, I think the atmosphere is building because there are some supporters allowed into Semple Stadium this evening how's it going Valerie? Oh Colin yeah I'm great I've literally just landed in Temple Stadium and the whole way here it was lashing rain but thankfully that I've landed in Turles the sun is shining through the clouds now at the moment and the pitch is looking absolutely amazing and you know what it's so nice to see a bit of a buzz around the place How many fans are allowed in this evening Valerie? Uh, I think it's two and a half nearly two and a half thousand two thousand four hundred I'm sure is what's actually coming in the turnstiles this evening so I know it's not a lot in the stadium that could probably take around 45-50,000 but you know Colm I think it'll make a difference because what matters is that friends and family and the close people to the players will be able to get a chance to see. And it's just so been so strange to have fans back in the stadium. On the way here, I was listening to the Wexford and Kilkenny game and just to mm. hear the fans on the radio was absolutely amazing. Do you know what? It sounds like a small number in such a big stadium, but they're going to make themselves heard tonight. And it's the biggest crowd that either Cork or Limerick would have played again, played in front of in God knows how long. So, I mean, it's going to be great for the players and it's going to be great for the fans who are lucky enough to have got tickets to be there as well. Yeah, of course it is. And you know what? There's some players here, you know, that their families have yet to see them play in a Cork or a Limerick jersey and that's going to be special as well. And can you imagine some of them have played for their county and their family probably haven't even seen them yet. But that's, that's going to be a nice thing for people tonight. Looking at the Cork team then to face uh, Limerick tonight, um, they've named three championship debutants, Valerie, um, for the Munster semi-final tonight. Uh, Patrick Collins, who played uh, some of the league games, is in. Uh, he was the understudy for Anthony Nash for many years. Jer Mellerick is in as well, and Connor Cahalan is in as well. So um, it's, it's a Cork side that's very different, really, from the one that faced Limerick in their last championship tie, which is, is two years ago at this stage. I think it's, it's only half the same team. I think it's about seven of the players are left from that team. So um, a lot of changes for Cork but good to see these young guys coming through as well yeah no it is good and I think you know I think being a goalkeeper can be so difficult because you are that person that's sitting on the bench uh, column waiting for your chance either for that person to be injured or retired due to injury or just want to leave off the panel you know I think it's a really tough position to play in especially if you're second in line first so I think Patrick will be you know it's a long time coming for him he is a long time underneath Anthony Nash and he is going to start and goal um, he took over the one jersey during the league and I think that 
you know, he might have had a few rough games of it, but I think they'll really have worked on that over the last couple of weeks with Patrick Collins. And mm-hmm. he is a great goalkeeper, so I'm really looking forward to how he's in action today. And yeah, the other three cha- or the two championship debutants, like it's it's great to see, and I think it's important because over the last few years, Cork have been fair slow to start new players, and they rely on the old reliables and those experienced players. But when Kingston came back this year, you know he did get rid of a few players, and, and I think you know he might have made the right decision because those players a long time, and come here, what were they doing? You know, so I think it's very exciting, and it's, it's just going to be great. And of course, Connor Callan is the younger brother of fullback Damien, yeah. and he's the other newcomer. So. And yeah, you are right. It is seven of the Cork side that played in their last championship tie with Limerick in May. Like I think it was 2019 that are named the start for tonight's game at seven o'clock in Simple Stadium. So there's plenty of experience in there, you know. Absolutely. Like, there's plenty of players in there, like I shame Tarnley and Patrick Collins, of course. And I know that there's more experience on the bench that could come in. I know that Bill Cooper sitting on the bench and he missed a good chunk of the league. Um, but look, it's it's very exciting and it's going to be great. Now, these two sides met in the league um, just over a month ago and um, it was Limerick who came out uh, victorious on that occasion. But uh, Cork, I think, had a kind of a mixed league campaign. But um, can they take anything out of that game, Valerie, do you think? I think they'll have learned a lot from that game, Colin, to be honest. Because, like, you know the rivalry between Cork and Limerick for the last few years. They're such acquaintances, is probably the word you do. They're good acquaintances. <laughs> And like this Saturday evening, they're going to meet now in the Munster Senior Hurling Championship semi-final and it's a big, big day out and both teams want to impress. Um, I just think it's such rivalry and they have shared a special rivalry over the years, but their last five meetings, I think there's a pair of wins each and then a draw on Patrick Reeves um, that wasn't expected. So I think it's another like chapter in the game tonight that we're, we're going to look forward to see what's going to come. But I don't know with Cork, what will they've learned in a few weeks? It'll be very hard to see because we don't know where anyone's at really. Like it's the start to championship and you know what? Championship goes up a lot, good few years compared to the league. Absolutely. Um, we're going to be hearing from Patrick Horgan and uh, Shane Kingston in just a few minutes as well. But uh, just to put you on the spot, Valerie, I know you're saying it's very, very difficult to call. It's hard to know where the teams are at. <laughs> we'll put you on the spot like we always do. If you had to call it this evening, just finally, who would you go for? To be honest, looking at the Limerick team column, like they just look like a force to be reckoned with. And I know that they had a kind of a you know a dodgy enough league campaign as well. But I chatted to Grove Hegarty during the week, and he is just chomping at the bit. And he said the store of the players. And I think my heart would love to say Cork, but I think my head is saying Limerick. So I actually think it's, it's Limerick for the taking tonight, column, which is awful to say. Okay, hopefully, hopefully you're wrong. Hopefully you're wrong, and hopefully we'll be chatting tomorrow on the show about a, a Cork victory. But listen, Valerie, enjoy the game, and uh, hopefully, hopefully you're wrong. Hopefully Cork do win. <laughs> hopefully I am wrong. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Valerie. Live in Semple Stadium ahead of Cork versus Limerick in the Munster Hurling Championship this evening. And there are going to be supporters there, even if it's only two and a half thousand. Uh, hopefully it's the first step on uh, getting bigger crowds back at all GA games and right across all sporting codes. Uh, it'll be great to see. We're going to stick with this game now. We've got a comprehensive preview of Cork and Limerick. We're going to hear from Patrick Horgan in just a little while. But right now we're going to hear from Cork's Shane Kingston. And Shane Kingston was challenging to Valerie at the launch of Sports Direct's As It Unveiled, it's Born to Play campaign for the championship. Sports Direct, they're calling on parents of newborn babies from across uh, Cork, the Rebel County, to register their baby's name to be in with a chance of winning a chance to feature on Cork's GAA very own Walk of Fame around Parky Creeve. So they're making a Cork GA Walk of Fame around Parky Creeve Sports Direct and you can get your name on that, the baby's name on that and receive a Cork GA kit as well. So Shane Kingston has been chatting to Valerie ahead 
of this evening's Cork and Limerick match. Joining me on the Big Red bench this week is Cork senior murderer Shane Kingston. Shane, welcome to the show. Thank you. Shane, how's life been for you at the moment? How was the crazy year that's been COVID for you? Uh, not too bad. Um, I didn't mind lockdown, to be honest. Gave me plenty of opportunity to get collar stuff done and train away. So delighted now to be back training collectively. What are you doing in college? Uh, doing a master's in food business in UCC. And how's it going? Grand. Nearly there now. Nearly there. Okay, okay. When are you finished? Uh, I just have a project left to do for the end of August and then I'm finished. How are you finding, like a master's is quite difficult. So how are you, you know, managing both all the training and the college as well? Um, well, like the majority of it was done over lockdown. So it was fine. Uh, I had a fairly hectic March. Um, I had something kind of due every second day for the month of March. Um, and then pretty much all the workload was done after that. So it was kind of timed perfectly as we came back mid-April that I had all my work done. So I was going to say- I was going to say you probably missed out on college life, but being a senior hurler, you probably miss out on that anyway. Yeah, you don't really have a choice, I don't think. Uh, but no, I'm sure I don't mind that. We, we love what we do, so we'll we get over it. Good. You're finished the league campaign and you haven't long to wait now till championship. But look, let's take a look back last, firstly, at the league. How did you feel like it went for Cork? Um, I suppose looking back, I suppose it was happy. we were happy enough with how things went. Um, I suppose the first two or three games, we played very well. Um, we probably dipped in for the last two and didn't perform as well as we hoped for and could have. But I suppose that's that's all part of the league. Um, trying to find new players, new faces and trying to build a bit of momentum going into the championship. How did you find all the positivity around Cork for a change? I think there was a lot of you know impressive games and good wins and maybe things that people like to seeing for a change. Yeah, look, I suppose people were kind of happy enough that we were started getting a few goals. But as you said there, we wouldn't really worry too much about the outside. Um, we just try to ignore what people be saying about us and just keep it all in-house. Um, but obviously people are, from what I know of anyway, are happy enough that we're, we're getting a few more goals, which obviously, which is great to hear. Yeah, I was talking to a hoggy last week and he mentioned the newfound hunger for goals. And he said he hasn't a clue where they came from, but it's great that you're getting it. Yeah, like previously, we would have probably had score-offs for points for that positions um, and we wouldn't really try to go too much. But the last few games now, I think we have 18 goals in the league, which is which is very good, thankfully. Um, so yeah, look, we have, to, we have to bring that into championship now where it won't mean anything. Yeah, exactly. Let's hope that you do bring it into championship. But something else that I suppose a lot of people might be talking about as the league is the high rotation of subs that you had. I think he 34 in total, which is which is great to see. I mean, even Hoggy was saying himself that like for the management and selectors to trust 34 lads to go on is great. Yeah, definitely. I suppose it brings fierce competition into training and into, into matches. Um, you, know, you have to be performing well, otherwise you won't be playing. Um, and then I suppose at the end of the day, you have to, a 50, 15 isn't going to win you an all Ireland or win you a match or something. You, you need a, a full full panel of players. Um, and then obviously 15 are lucky enough to be selected on the day, but you need everyone's head right and mindset proper going into the game because, you know, there's, I suppose the game has gone so fit and fast these days. You kind of need finishers as well. So you definitely need a full panel of players playing well. And the team has gone so young. I know for the Limerick game, there was 13 of you under the age of 23, which is also, it's just nuts. What are you? Are you 24 now? I'm 24 at the end of August. 
Okay, I was going to say, you're pushing on now compared to the rest yeah. of them. <laughs> no, still 23. Thank God. <laughs> but I let's be... Uh, no, you stop. You're nowhere near my own age, so you're fine. Let's talk about the young team, though, and how much that, you know, it's great to see that there is the talent coming through now. And I think that's what Cork might have struggled for a bit for a few years. There was always the same names and stuff, and it's just nice to see new blood coming. Yeah, definitely. I suppose uh, there's definitely a lot of young fellas coming into fruition at the moment. Um, I suppose you look at Barrett and Conley, they kind of lit up the, the club championship themselves last year, and then they kind of brought their their form into, into Cork, which is great to see. Um, and look, that's, that adds a bit of pressure to the older fellas to, to make sure they're on the top of the game, top of their game, which is always important. How competitive is training at the moment? Uh, very competitive, yeah. I suppose nobody can really pick the team at the moment, so everyone's kind of fighting for positions, which, as everyone knows, which is always, which is very good. And talking about team selection, I mean, everyone knows now your dad's the manager of Cork Senior Hurlers. And do you have that conversation at home? Do you leave hurling at home? Uh, we try to keep it professional, to be honest, and leave the hurling in the in the Cork environment and avoid talking about it at home. Um, look, it's kind of what we've always done for the last few years in 16 and 17. So it's kind of, we kind of kept the same approach. But I mean, is it awkward for you maybe when you're sitting in the dressing room and your dad or whoever calls out the team and you might be selected or anything like that? Um, not really. Look, if, if I'm playing well, I'll be selected and if not, I won't. Then look, it's, it's not his fault. Um, so it's, it's up to myself now if I get selected or not. And do you ever feel like, I know you're probably like, will she ever stop now, but do you ever feel like when, you know, if you are selected to start in the 15, that people might think, oh, it's because he's dad as manager now, he's starting? Uh, I suppose, look, there's there's the element to that as well. Fellas are obviously going to say that, but look, it's, it's up to me to, I suppose, prove them wrong at the end of the day. Good, and I love the attitude that you have as well that you will decide to prove them wrong. But there is no break now between um, now. You probably had about two weeks, I'd say, before championship. And I suppose it's easy to kind of keep the momentum going now after the league and not go back to the clubs for a while. Yeah, I was only saying that earlier. Like I, The format now is definitely better because, you know, you can focus purely on the county for the moment and then you can focus purely on the club. You know, it wasn't ideal over the previous years the way you'd be playing with the county and then you go back to the club for a week or two and then back into the county and then you wouldn't see your club for two or three months and it's a lot easier if you if you're with one and finish it in full and then go into the club and focus on that then again so as I said delighted for looking forward to next week and then delighted to get back to the club then as well in a few months yeah 3rd of July now off you go facing Limerick again that'll be exciting yeah I suppose we've had uh, good battles in the last few years so Hopefully we can put ourselves in the best position to put in a performance now again next week. I was going to say, will the defeat in the league against Limerick, you know, will that have anything to play heading into the championship match? Uh, I don't think it will, personally. Um, at the end of the day, the league is completely different to championship. Um, I know we're going to, or sorry, Limerick are going to be a completely different animal um, in championship. Uh, and look, as I said, we can just focus on ourselves for the moment. We can't control what Limerick are going to do, so... As I said earlier, we're going to put ourselves in the best possible position to put in a performance next week. Have you had a game with any fans yet, even the 200? Or have you? I, there was 100 at Galway, but that's kind of irrelevant. Yeah, I was going to say 100 wouldn't make much noise. I yeah. know that there's um, just under 3,000 heading to Thurlis that day. Hopefully they'll make a bit of sound. Yeah, I think 2,400. 
Um, but like I suppose from my perspective, as soon as you go onto the pitch, you're kind of focusing on yourself and focusing on the game. Um, obviously the initial roar or whatever from the crowd is obviously is is cool. Like, but once you're out there doing the warm up, you kind of forget about the the fans. But then again, like it's it's good for fans to be able to, to go to a game they're probably all looking forward to already, like given that nobody's went to an inter-county game in about a year and a half. Do the fans add pressure, do you think, to your playing? Because, you know, you can be booed, you can be shouted at. Uh, not really, I don't think, no. Because, you know, there's people watching it on TV anyway if they're not at it. And they'll be flat out on Twitter giving out yeah. about you anyway. <laughs> Keyboard warriors, like... <laughs> Do you take any notice of them, Shane? I'd say you you sound quite laid back, to be honest. Uh, no, I wouldn't take any notice of them, to be honest. Like, I suppose you have to, there's a time and a place for that. Like, you know, when to go on to social media, when not to go on. And um, coming up to games, you wouldn't really take too much notice of it. And definitely after games. Um, definitely don't be going on it because, you know, they're, they'll be all over you one minute if you win and they'll be, they'll be slaying you then the next game the next game game sorry so look you just have to stay off it and you have to be you have to be smart about it yeah I suppose you try and have to find a balance for it but before I let you go what are the hopes for Cork this year for yourself personally Um, I suppose for me personally I wouldn't be looking at any personal thing I'd be rather as a collective I suppose the ambition every year is to win in All-Ireland um, and that has been the, the ambitions for the last few years but we've we've come short um, so look <coughs> And um, we're just going <coughs> to, sorry, we're going to take each game as it comes. Um, and at the moment, we're just focusing on the next session and trying to get things right for next week. And hopefully if things go well uh, next week, we progress and do do as best we can. Do you think this Tark- Cork team can win in All-Ireland? Uh, yeah, I suppose I wouldn't be there otherwise. Good, good, good. And you did join us because Sports Direct are proud sponsors of Cork G and they have announced this lovely new campaign uh, born to play campaign but it'll offer parents of newborn babies across the county the chance to see their baby's name featured of the walk of fame this summer ahead of the Cork GA um, season which is great it's such a nice initiative isn't it yeah definitely I suppose like from my perspective anyway and a lot of people I know when you're young like your your objective is to try put on a Cork jersey when you get older so I suppose to, to give parents and children that opportunity is is a very nice gesture that is Cork Shane Kingston talking to Valerie ahead of Cork versus Limerick tonight. 7pm throw-in at Semple Stadium. It is going to be a cracker of a game. And fingers crossed it is a good result for Cork in that game this evening as well. Now we're going to hear in just a little while from uh, the Cork boss in just a little while from a recent chat that Rory and Valerie had with him, Kieran Kingston. We'll hear from him shortly. And we're going to hear from Patrick Horgan in just a second. But I just want to update you on the latest score at the Euros because I did mention that maybe Czech Republic would mount some sort of comeback in the second half. Denmark were, of course, leading 2 0 at half time through those Thomas Delaney and Casper Dahlberg goals. And I was saying at half time that maybe like Czech Republic could have a dramatic comeback and Patrick Schick who is one of the tournament's top scorers he may be the tournament top scorer and I'll have to double check how many goals he has and um, that he might inspire some sort of comeback well they're not level yet it's 2-1 now 
Czech Republic have got a goal back on 49 minutes and it was Patrick Schick who got that goal um, and there is about a half an hour left in that match now it's Denmark 2 Czech Republic 1 in the quarterfinals of Euro 2020 and the winners of that game will play possibly England they will play the winners of the England and and England and uh, Ukraine game that uh, kicks off at 8pm this evening but right now we're going to go back to the uh, big game in the championship tonight in the Hurling Cork versus Limerick and we just heard from Shane Kingston Right now we're going to hear from a man that Cork will be hoping will get them a lot of points, a lot of goals tonight and hopefully right throughout the championship campaign. Hopefully it's a long championship campaign. We hope for the best for Cork this year. And that man, of course, is none other than Patrick Horgan, the great legend himself. And he's been chatting to Valerie as well. Looking back now, how did you find the league campaign for Cork? Overall, uh, we, we learned a couple of lessons from the league, but I think as a whole, I, th- it's, I thought it was very positive. I thought... Um, we done a lot of good things. Um, we played well for long stretches, and uh, I suppose it's just look coming into the championship is just put it all together and try and keep it going for uh, 70, 70 minutes. Yeah. Another positive for you is the newfound love for the back of the net, which is amazing to see. As a rebel, I'm delighted when I see it every weekend, even though I have to pretend I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I suppose we've kind of got a name for um, for getting a few goals. Uh, especially early in the league. I suppose in every game we did. But um yeah, it's it's always a good thing. I'm not sure how, how it has come about or how we got the name for it because a couple of years ago we were we were the opposite side. Like people were saying, why weren't we getting goals? And now all of a sudden we're we're seen as one of the better teams at getting goals. So yeah, I, I actually don't know where it's after coming from, but um hopefully we can keep it going and keep creating those chances inside and uh take a few more of them hopefully. Yeah, and something else that um, we chatted to Kieran about, I think it was last Saturday night actually in the show, is that he doesn't really like the yellow slitter. He said he prefers the white one. And where where do you lie in this? Oh yeah, um, the yellow one is not a great ball at all. Um, I don't like it. Uh, that, that's where I stand on it, really. Uh, Why? I don't. I, it just it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, first of all, they're not the same slitter. Um, and second of all, they don't they don't perform the same the white one to the and the yellow one. Uh, can't trust the yellow one really, and um, the skin on the outside is a bit different as well. But I just don't know why they changed it anyway. After over a hundred years of a white ball, I just didn't see the problem with it. Um, we seem to be getting on fine with it. I'm What's sure the visibility it, like with the yellow? Uh, as a player, it's harder to see the yellow one than the white, um, especially in these summer evenings. Uh, you know, with the sun kind of glaring across. Um, it's hard to see the, the yellow one. So I know people say it's easier to see on telly, which I don't think it is either because I watched the game last week and uh, for most of the match, I was looking for the yellow slitter, to be honest. Um, I couldn't see it that well. Yeah, Limerick, I mean, it's going to be a cracking game. Do you think the defeat in the league will have an impact on you heading into that game or do you want to, no, it's a new game, let's go? Yeah, it is a new game. I think everyone everyone realises that, that uh, whatever happened in Limerick in the league game is far from what's going to end up happening on the day. Uh, I think both teams will be better. Um, I think it'll come down to, you know, it'll come down to a bounce of a ball or last puck of a ball or something like that. But we've been, we've been really competitive with Limerick the last few years and uh, I think this two weeks' time will be no different. Yeah, no, and I suppose the return of fans to the stadium, it is going to be used as a pilot event during COVID with a couple of thousand fans. It'll make such a difference. I suppose, look, the the fans make a massive difference, especially Cork fans, you know, um, just running out in front like of people and having that noise around the stadium like will uh, will make a massive difference to 
the players. I know that because it gives you a kind of, you know, it gives you that bit of, say, nervousness or, you know, it just keep you on your guard or it'll get you going a small bit. Uh, I know that much. I mean, I'm not going to say you're pushing on, but you were 33 last month, wasn't it? 33? You had to say it, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> what would be the hopes for you? I mean, like, we'd love to see you for another couple of years and we hope that it is, but, you know, it's getting closer to that stage that people will expect you to be leaving and stuff and we don't want that to happen. But what would be the hopes for you this year? Um, no, look, um, obviously the goal at the end of, uh, the goal at the end of every year is uh, try winning all Ireland and that's, that's obviously a dream. But uh, I keep saying that I enjoy hurling so much and I just enjoy, you know, hitting ball like that. I go training every night and I enjoy it re- like as much as I ever did. And as long as that uh, is the way I see it, I'll, uh, I'll keep playing. And like win- winning the all Ireland is obviously a dream, as I say, but um, like, if I like if you can't enjoy the journey along the way, it's not much good to you, you know. So um yeah, I just enjoy kind of every day I can I can play hurling and go down and toggle. That's that's basically the way I see it. Good. And how will the family enjoy going back to the first game? Are they excited? Um yeah, I don't like to be honest with you, I don't I don't talk to, I don't talk to any of them about it. I just <laughs> send send a message, tell 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 what's Here's going on. That's, that's me Show up that's if you me want. Out. Yeah, that's me out then, yeah. <laughs> well, Pat, it's lovely talking to you. Best of luck for the year ahead, all right? And I'm sure we'll be chatting to you at some stage throughout the matches, okay? No, about a nice one. That is the one and only Patrick Horgan chatting to Valerie ahead of tonight's big game in the championship. The opener for Cork against Limerick tonight up in Semple Stadium. Throw in there now, just 30 minutes away at 7pm. That game is live on TV on Sky Sports tonight as well. Another game underway and it's uh, we thought it was nearly over but it's actually gone to extra time now and it's in extra time up in uh, Crow Park and it is Kilkenny level with Wexford still 127 apiece there in that game so we'll keep you up to date on that as the uh, the evening goes on and still at the Euros still Denmark leading in the quarterfinals at the Euros it is Czech Republic 1 Denmark 2 68 minutes on the clock there in that game so uh, the winners of that as we said will face the winners of Ukraine versus England in the semi-final on Wednesday at Euro 2020 and that game will be at Wembley in front of 60,000 fans right on the way later on in the show we're going to return to the Cork and Limerick game towards the end of the show and hear from Kieran Kingston but we're going to switch to football next we're going to hear from Cork City boss Colin Healy on Cork City defeat to Treaty United last night and we're going to chat to Ronnie Whelan about the Euros quarterfinals ahead of the England and Ukraine game at 8pm this evening The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Cork's Red FM Missed the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie Cork's Red FM yeah, welcome back to the show. It's Colm O'Sullivan with you and we're here until 7 o'clock on a cracking, busy, busy weekend of sport. So much going on between the rugby and the football and the hurling and uh, the golf at the Irish Open and loads of stuff going on. Uh, it's absolutely brilliant and we're loving all the sport this weekend. So much more to get through between now and 7 o'clock as well. But we want to bring you up to date on um, some of the latest scores in the in the various sports now as well. And... Uh, 
uh, we will have a look at Euro 2020 first of all and I think it is still the same yeah it's a close battle uh, Czech Republic trying to get back into it in the second half 74 minutes on the clock in the Euro 2020 quarterfinals and it is Denmark leading Czech Republic 2-1 there uh, just the latest from the uh, the Lions as well and the Lions now they are doing pretty well there they are 42-14 ahead against Sigma Lions so it's the Lions versus the Lions the Sigma Lions versus the British and Irish Lions and uh, 42-14 is the latest score we have from that one there in the uh, Leinster Senior Hurling Championship semi-final Dublin await the winners of this game after they beat Galway earlier on today Kilkenny versus Wexford it's gone to extra time at Croke Park and uh, half time and extra time now it is Kilkenny 131 Wexford 229 so not a whole lot separating those two teams there again half time and extra time Kilkenny 131 Wexford 229 is the latest score there now we will hear more from the core camp later on in the show before 7 o'clock ahead of the um, Cork and Limerick game in the hurling tonight in the championship at Semple Stadium 7pm throw-in for that but right now we're going to turn our attentions to Cork City and a disappointing night we're saying that a lot this season, aren't we? A disappointing night again for Cork City last night at Turner's Cross. And all the more disappointing because they played so well. They led at half-time and really kind of just, just lost their way in the second half. And Treaty United from Limerick got back into the game and managed to go on to win the game 3-2. I was doing commentary myself on LOI TV last night with Cork City legend John O'Flynn. And we were very, very impressed by Cork City's first-half performance. Uh, they should have been leading by more than 2-1 at half-time. But unfortunately... O'Brien Whitmarsh and Keen Murphy City goals weren't enough and Treaty went on to win the game and I spoke to Colin Healy, the manager, afterwards. Colin, disappointing after leading at half-time to, to lose in the second half? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I thought in the first half, I thought we did well. Um, give away a sloppy goal. Um, we knew they were dangerous on thrones. Um, didn't defend it properly and probably come out in the second half to give another goal and give another penalty away. It's, it's um, killing ourselves every week. Listen, first half was good. Second, second half wasn't good enough. Uh, first half in particular, as I said, it was, a, it was a good performance. Really, really, really dominated the first half. Uh, totally dominated possession. Got two nice goals. And, like, it's just, it's happened a few times again in the second half. It just doesn't seem to live up to the first half performance. No, it's not. As I said, in the first half, I thought we were very good. The second half, I don't know. We just, the boys got the, they got the goal, they got the equaliser. And I think we just, I don't know, just, is it one of those things that we can see the goal, the heads drop. And listen, we didn't get back into it. I know we had a few chances towards the end, like, but. Even the, the third goal was a killer as well. Two penalties given by the ref for Treaty, two handballs. What did you make of them? I think they're handballs, yeah. I think they're handballs. I think Jonas comes out, tries to block it, hits his arm, and then obviously Gordon Walker puts up his arm and protects it. It's things that we shouldn't be doing in the box. like. But no, I think they're penalties, yeah. I know we had one or two there at the end. I haven't seen those, but I think they're ones, they are penalties. Yeah. There was a lot of shouts there for the, the two incidents where, where Whitmarsh collided with the goalkeeper. Did you see that? Did you did you make anything of that? Or was it a bit, 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 bit difficult to see in the, in the crowd? I haven't seen it on video. I haven't seen it back. Like, but as I said, listen, it's um, could have, listen, they could have easily gone away. As I said, listen, this, some of the decisions were um, were a bit strange tonight, thought, but uh, it could have gone away, but obviously it hasn't tonight. Um, Strikers got the goals again. Um, Benin and uh, Keane Murphy as well. Keane got a nice goal. Nice to see the lads scoring. But I mean, to score two goals here on the cross and lose the game, it doesn't really matter. It's still disappointing. You know, it's good for the lads to score like that. But then again, yeah, it's, we've got nothing short for after the game. You know, it's very, very disappointing. I said the first half was was, was very good. I come up and say that. But then again, it's it's the same story every week. It's it's the same conversation that we're having. Is that listen, we we've nothing to show for it, and it's it's very frustrating at the moment. 
Uh, the fans are back here again tonight. Only 200 tonight. There'll be more here again next week against Bray, a bigger crowd. Uh, nice to have them here. But uh, they've had two games back now and they haven't seen a, a result yet. No, no, it is. It's great to have them back. But as I said, we need to be doing more. We need to be doing more for them. And I said, listen, at the moment, it's... Um not good enough and listen we're working hard but it's at the moment it's not good enough and hopefully we can change that but it's um we all need to dig in now because you know we're, we're not in a great position in the league and for a club we keep saying this size and all that kind of stuff we should be higher up the league but it's it's um it's frustrating but it's, it is what it is nine points off the playoffs now after the way results went tonight so I mean you do need to start picking up a few results to, to get up there and if you want to get into that that, that playoff position absolutely we need to pick up points as quick as we can you know we've got another tough game next week so hopefully we can start picking up points but if we don't well, it's going to be very very difficult for us it's Bray here now a home game again next week in front of a crowd at Turner's Cross and uh, Bray won against Cove tonight so they've just moved into the playoff positions themselves and uh, you had a tough game up there against them early in the season yeah no listen they're a very good side they've got some good players they have so it'll be a very dif- difficult game here as it is every game that we're playing at the moment so it's um, listen it's one that listen the players will be ready for it but it's um, we need to start putting points on the board as quickly as we can right, Cork City manager Colin Healy speaking to me after last night's 3-2 defeat to Treaty in Turner's Cross and City are now nine points off the playoffs in the first division and they really really do need to start winning games if they are to get back up to the Premier Division next season fingers crossed the Cork City can pick up a few wins starting in Turner's Cross on Friday night another home game this Friday night against Bray Wanderers and there will be uh, 500 fans as it stands allowed into that game and possibly there might be more I can't say any more on that for now but possibly there might be more left in but definitely 500 fans will be allowed into that game um, as gradually crowds come back to sporting events around uh, the country including the court game tonight as we said we'll have 2,500 up at Semple Stadium which you know seems seems very low in a a stadium that could probably hold forty or 50,000 people um, especially as I'm looking at the screen <laughs> to the Denmark and Czech Republic game over in uh, Copenhagen and uh, there's a huge crowd there and I'm sure there'll be a big crowd in Rome tonight at the England game as well but uh, look we're being cautious and we're taking it slowly but surely or hopefully it won't take too long to have the fans back um, score in that game by the way still it is Denmark leading 2-1 against the Czech Republic and there's 10 minutes left there now it's 80 minutes on the clock so um, if Denmark can hold on they will face the winners of England and Ukraine and we're going to chat about that match now with the legendary Ronnie Whelan uh, Ronnie obviously has played in the European Championships himself in Euro 88 with Ireland a very very famous European Championships under Big Jack but we're going to chat about um, the England game and Ronnie as we said whoever whoever wins this game will face England if they as we expect them to if they expect if they do beat Ukraine in Wembley on Wednesday Denmark currently leading there but England very very confident they're going to this game against Ukraine tonight uh, Ukraine coming in on the back of that narrow win over Sweden but England coming in the back of of that uh, amazing win against Germany a 2-0 win against Germany during the week and uh, they haven't conceded a goal they've won all their games so far apart from the Scotland game they've beaten Czech Republic they've beaten Croatia and that great win um, against Germany during the week so there really does now Ronnie seem to be a bit of momentum with England doesn't there? Yes there is a little Um, I was sitting in the golf club with a few members when the England team came out the other day and everybody was moaning about seven defenders there were three defenders four defenders across midfield no flair where are we going to go with this Um, but they did extremely well they played good football they scored two goals Harry Kane is now on the score sheet so he He'll be more than happy. Sterling's got three goals. Ukraine had a slight little bet at the start of the, the competition. Um, I think that's going to be finished now. They've, I think they've come as far as they can. They've, they've been really, really good. 
for a team that's lost the first two matches, I think it was, was it? Um, against Austria and the Netherlands. So they looked completely out of it. Um, but I think England now will be too strong for Ukraine and will go on as well to Wembley in the semi-final. Yeah, I think you're probably right. They should have too much for Ukraine tonight. And Harry Kane, it could be the perfect opportunity for him to get a couple of more goals under his belt. It was very, very important for Harry Kane to get that goal, the second goal against Germany the other night, Ronnie. And it was a nice striker's header, lovely goal from Harry Kane. And he needed that, didn't he? Because it was really a monkey off his back because there had been talk all the way through the tournament, all the way through the group stages. Was Harry Kane out of form? What was going on? Why hadn't he scored? Was it the talk about transfers to Man City or various other places? Talk about his future. Was he distracted? And uh, I think deep down we all knew Harry Harry Kane wasn't going to be distracted. He, he's too much of a talented striker for that. And he finally got his goal the other night. It'll be a relief for him. It'll be a relief for Gareth Southgate. And Gareth Southgate now will be hoping that he can kick on and maybe score one or two tonight and score a few more across the rest of the tournament. Yeah, well, he's definitely not going to drop him, is he? Um, he's definitely not going to drop Sterling, you wouldn't think, either. Together, they, they're very, very tricky up front. Harry Kane was going through a bad time. You could tell on the pitch, he... he, he not saying he wasn't bothered, but things weren't going from. He was having to drop off to the halfway line to get a kick of the ball. Um, but he gets one chance here tonight and scores with a header. He's still a magnificent footballer. He may wake up now and may become the top goal scorer at the end of this tournament. He still got. He could still have three games left to get three or four goals, and and he would probably finish top goal scorer. Harry Kane still top top player for me. Maybe now he's got it all behind him. Maybe things have been settled that we don't know about. So he's just got to go and play now, and I think he'll do this against Ukraine. Yeah, and you mentioned, Ronnie, that um, Gareth Southgate was quite conservative in his team the other night. I think seven defenders, was it, in the in the starting eleven, And he got a bit of criticism. A lot of people, we were all talking about it before the game. You were in the golf club with your, with your buddies saying it, and I was with my buddies, and we were saying it, and we were all kind of saying the same thing. This is a defensive team. This mightn't be the right approach against Germany. But if you look at the stats, they didn't concede against Germany. They won 2-0. And they're the only team not to have conceded a goal at all at Euro 2020. They haven't conceded a goal in any of their four games. So Gareth Southgate is definitely doing something right, isn't he? Yes, definitely he's doing something right. Whether he goes 4-3-3, 3-4-3, whatever, he's doing something right. Because they've not conceded. Um, they're into the quarterfinal. But if you look also, it was a little bit down early on with the seven across. Yes, they did have a couple of attacks, but then you look at it and it takes Grealish to come onto the pitch and just that little bit of um, the little bit of flair that they were missing before that. Grealish will go at people. He'll, he'll cause defenders to foul them. He'll create chances. So I think Grealish may start the next one. I, I don't know, but maybe Grealish with a little bit more f- finesse, a little bit more style might just come into that team. Yeah, he's made the difference in a couple of games now, Grealish, when he's come into it. Um, so what do you think, Ronnie? Put you on the spot. Um, obviously going for an England win. Um, it's their first game away from Wembley as well. They won't have many England fans there tonight due to quarantine rules and so on as well. But um, I mean, they'd, they'd be too good for Ukraine. We saw Ukraine the other night sneaking past Sweden. You'd imagine England will have too much. You fancy an England win, I'm assuming, as you said. Um, but do you think it's going to be by, by quite a few goals? Do you think it's going to be comprehensive? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I, really, I do fancy England strongly on this one. Um, Ukraine have come a long way for what they are. You know, they had a very good... Um, when they went through the group phase to get to the Euros, they got there, weren't great. They're hanging on now, aren't they? I think they're hanging on by the skin of their teeth. 
And I think England, although it isn't Rome, will we'll just have too much for them. My, my bet I would go for is to be England leading after, before half an hour. Yeah, it's Ronnie's Rocket Booster with SportNation.bet. We're going to do another charity bet this week, um, hopefully to raise a few quid for a Cork charity. So, Ronnie, that's what you're going to go with, is it? Um, England to score and to lead in the first 30 minutes. You fancy it? Yeah, so I, I fancy them to be ahead, maybe, maybe two even ahead after half an hour, because I don't think Ukraine are as good yes they've got Yamalenko West Ham Zinchenko Man City but that's not going to be enough yeah, good stuff. All right. Uh, we'll have to wait and see if football is indeed coming home. And uh, we'll wait and see how they get on tonight. But if they do get through tonight against the Ukraine, they'll have the semi-final in Wembley at home in front of 60,000 fans. And they'll have the um, the final if they get through as well in Wembley. So uh, it could be a, a real, real memorable and wonderful tournament for England. And uh, I don't mind saying it. I do hope, uh, Ronnie, I do hope they win tonight. Uh, so we'll see how they get on. So hopefully you're right. Uh, listen, Ronnie, it's been a great tournament so far. Hopefully um, tonight is a good game. The semi-finals are good and the final is good. And we'll chat to you during the week again before the semi-finals. Cheers, Colm. Speak to you soon. Nice one. And if England do um, do get through, it does look like they'll be facing Denmark. There's only about two or three minutes left on the clock now in the other uh, quarterfinal underway this evening. It is still Denmark leading Czech Republic 2-1 there with about uh, two minutes or so of normal time left to play. And I just update you on the Lions in action at the moment as well. And the latest score we have there from the Lions. Uh, the Battle of the Lions, British and Irish Lions versus Sigma Lions. It is the... Uh, our Lions, the British and Irish Lions, um, 56 points, Sigma Lions 14. So it's going to be a good comprehensive winning start to the Lions Tour for the British and Irish Lions. Um, right, let's go back to the Cork and Limerick game now. Uh, Cork and Limerick are the hurling this evening, the Munster Hurling Championship opener, the semi-final. It's going to be a great game. Throw-in is just over 10 minutes away at Semple Stadium at 7pm uh, we heard earlier in the show from Patrick Horgan and Shane Kingston we were chatting to Valerie live at Semple Stadium as well right now we're going to cast our minds back to a recent interview that Valerie and Rory did with Quark boss Kieran Kingston and he's been looking ahead to tonight's game as well and a lot of um, young players Kieran in the team this year um, who's been impressing you who's been standing out I mean look um, I think all the lads that we've got in like, I, mean, I suppose when you get new lads in you don't know really how they're going to adapt to senior hurling um, unfortunately, when we didn't have a campaign with him during the winter, you didn't have a pre-season, you didn't have Munster League, you didn't have Fitzgibbon Cup and fresher competitions, and suddenly you have 5v games in a short space of time, and you haven't really had a lot of time to work with them. So then you're trying to, you're trying to, to I suppose, get a sense of uh, their physical capacity, their mental capacity, their hurling, and how they can grow into senior, because some guys develop quite quickly, um, coming from 20s or as, a, as it is now and, and 21 before coming from clubs other guys take that a little bit bit longer because they're adapting to the pace of the game adapting to the whole intensity which the county senior the county brings and when you speak to the lads after coming in it's amazing the young lads how honest they are some guys be more comfortable other fellas say looks I, know, I can see it's going to take me a bit of time uh, and that's great And but in the main the guys we have in I think to be really really good we're managing them well. I would like to think in terms of their exposure coming from 20s, uh, with some of them being actually under 20 again in 2021. Uh, and they also got to be recognised. These guys have been all on final to play in, in under 20 in, in a number of weeks' time. And a number of them again are going playing first round of the, of the 21 championship. So 
is to balance all that is, is, is a challenge with, with these young lads but in, um, across the board we're very happy with the lads they've come in and working, we're working well with, the, with Pat Ryan and his management team uh, from the under 20s who have a, a big campaign held when, when, when we all move on Karen, does the pressure on you and the players, I suppose, grow every year that Cork don't win in All-Ireland? Or do you think expectations are now that this people appreciate this is a young squad and you are building for the future? No, I mean, look, that's that's part and parcel of the job. And we're all around long enough now to know that the pressure goes with us. And, and if you if you, if you felt pressure really or you want to avoid it to, to, to charge a cock hurling, you would be going or your management team would be going with you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you'll be avoiding that job <laughs> because everybody has an opinion everybody thinks they're right um, and that's the way it should be because it creates the, create the base and we've missed it when we didn't have it and long ago used to be the used to be that you said the hollers on the ditch or the, or the pub talk now it's well I'm not on social media but I mean it's the talk is around social media and that's great like, I mean, that's, that's, all, that's all part of it and it doesn't bother me personally it doesn't bother any of the lads like, when, when we get together what we try and focus on ourselves try and focus on our own group um, the bunch of players we have, the management team we have, the backroom team we have, uh, and trying out the best people we can around us, both players and backroom. And uh, anything outside of that, we try and keep it outside of that. Well, Kieran, this year you you know you opted to go with the youth route, and a lot of players were left go and stuff. And sometimes you know that can ruffle a lot of feathers. But that was the important decision that you made to go with the youth this year. Yeah, look, I mean, it's, it's, it does a balance. Um, some guys retired, some guys moved on for different reasons. And uh, in, in it's about changing your squad and making some changes. That's part and parcel of the job. It's the hardest part of the job. I think the most difficult, for me certainly, the most difficult aspect of a manager's role is either telling a player they're no longer part of your plans and, or also calling out a team or telling a guy he's not in the 26 or he's not on the team. or, or whatever. They're the hardest part of the job because... People outside the squad, very few, sorry, outside the group, really realise that these what these guys put into cock hurling are to be part of a cock panel. And the demands on their personal life, social life, work life, travel, you name it, the, the dedication of these guys is just incredible. Karen, do you feel like you have a squad capable of winning the All-Ireland or is it a case that this is a Cork squad in transition and you're looking down two or three years down the line? Yeah, I think we have to look and we have to be real here. Like every time... Cork have got a few good games. Like I mean, suddenly we're 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 we're, um, we're all in contenders, and that has been the way because we we're really starved of success at all levels of Cork holding, um, and the competition is, is really really high. The bar has been raised really really high. We saw that last weekend, uh, and our role is not to we're not talking about all Ireland's. We're talking about trying to be the best we can be, and let's see where that takes us. And um, of course, every county's team is to be um, winning all Ireland and Cork is no different and the fact that we've such a gap now since the last one um, every manager and every player that has been part of a cock setup for the last 16 years feels that pressure and feels the feels the want and the need and the, and the hunger to, to succeed and we are no different and the players are no different like sometimes we forget we talk about our learners we forget all the players that played for cock during those that last 16 years we forget about all the support all the times they went to cock matches and um, followed the team all over the country for the last 16 years without success um, we see all the, all the all the guys who have been involved in backroom teams over the last number of years and the time and effort they put into cock hurling on a voluntary basis um, 24-7 for most of the year um, for cock hurling and without success so like it's it hits everyone 
uh, and when there's a couple of good games, our teams go well. You can see the, the morale and the, the buoyancy in the county is fantastic. And, and we recognise that. We recognise the responsibility that we have in trying to be the best we can be and to try and develop a team that, that we are proud of. Uh, the players themselves are, are, are proud to wear the jersey and to play uh, where we want them to play. The backroom are proud of the way they're representing them on the field and the Cork supporters and Cork hurling people all over the world, not just in Cork, uh, are proud to follow the group. And that's easy to say. Um, that's the, our ambition, that's the way we look at it. But it's obviously it's difficult in getting there. And yes, in, in I think we're in a certain amount of transition. Uh, do I think we're on the right track? Yes. Do we think we have an awful lot to do? Oh, absolutely, 100%. Uh, but, but look, we'll, we'll do everything we can. And the backroom team we have and the players, that's something we've all signed up to. We'll give it our all for as long as we can uh, to be the best we can be and see where it takes us. That is Cork manager Kieran Kingston ahead of the Munster Hurling Championship semi-final this evening. Cork versus Limerick. Throw-in there is just about four minutes away now at 7pm. Hopefully, hopefully the Rebels can get a win, but it is going to be uh, very, very difficult against a very, very strong Limerick side who already beat Cork in the league a few weeks ago as well. Right before we finish up on the show this evening, we've got a few things to round up. It's a crazy weekend of sport. So much going on. I mean, it, I don't think we've had such a busy weekend of sport in a long, long time. The Lions Tour is underway. It's up and running and we'll have reaction to uh, the Lions opening game on the show tomorrow evening from 6pm here on Cork's Red FM. But in their opening game, they were playing another set of Lions, the Sigma Lions. So it was the Sigma Lions against the British and Irish Lions and it's a winning start for the British and Irish Lions on their tour by a comprehensive margin as well. British and Irish Lions 56, the Sigma Lions 14, the final score in their game there this evening. That has just finished in the last few minutes. Also just finished in the last few minutes is the uh, second Leinster Senior Hurling Championship semi-final of the day. Dublin earlier victorious over Galway. Uh, Dublin beating Galway 118 to 114 earlier on this afternoon. And now they will face Kilkenny in the uh, in the next round because Kilkenny took it to extra time against Wexford. It had to go to extra time, and Kilkenny pulled away an extra time to uh, get a scoreline of two thirty seven to two twenty nine. And it was Michael Carey, the son of Kilkenny legend DJ Carey, who hit the last point of the match for Kilkenny as well. There, so two twenty seven to two twenty nine, and we are awaiting the full time whistle. In the quarterfinals at Euro 2020, 96 minutes on the clock now in the quarterfinals there. And it is Denmark still leading the Czech Republic by two goals to one. The final whistle should sound there any moment. And it looks like Denmark are through to the semi-finals, barring any uh, last-minute shocks there. And in fact, the full-time whistle has just gone. Denmark are through to the semi-final of Euro 2020. They could potentially be facing England on Wednesday night. It finished Denmark 2, Czech Republic 1 this evening in the quarterfinal and they will face the winners of tonight's game at 8 o'clock, the big game between Ukraine and England. That will be a cracker and whoever goes through to the semi-finals, if it is England, it'll be a cracker on Wednesday night in Wembley as well if it is England versus Denmark. That is us out of time. We're back. I'm back here tomorrow evening from 6pm as well uh, on the Big Red Bench with loads of sport, including all the reaction to uh, Cork big game against Limerick this evening we'll have a reaction to the Lions win this evening and uh, we'll talk about Euro 2020 as well will we be talking about an English victory we'll have to wait and see how it goes tonight at 8pm enjoy your Saturday evening and stand by for Stevie G he's on the way The Big Red Bench
Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red 